This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. A publicly funded French language school board has sent emails to parents with new guidelines for Halloween costumes. The idea is to ensure children don't show up to school in costumes that may cross the line to sexism, racism and appropriating culture. Is this a good idea, to be respectful and sensitive to others' feelings, or is it bordering on policing for a fun day at school? Your comments are welcome. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. I'll read you the questions that parents are asked to consider as part of what's called a Halloween checklist. Does your child's costume represent a stereotype such as terrorist or urban ghetto dweller? Does it involve changing the color of their skin? Does it allude to a culture that is not the child's own, such as a kimono, a turban, or a feather headdress? Does it mock transgender people? Is it based on tragic or violent historical moments, such as slave or cowboy and Indian role play? If the response is yes, the school board is asking parents and children to reconsider their choice of costume, part of a growing movement to fend off any hint of offense in Halloween attire. Shayla Duvel is with Malabar Costumes here in Toronto, and she joins us now for the discussion Thank you for joining us, Shayla. Oh, glad to be here. Thank you. Is this something you've considered in the costumes sold in your store? Uh, yes, absolutely. We've been talking about it as it's come up more and more in years and have decided really to take a hard line. We don't sell culturally harmful costumes, including costumes of Native American people, geishas. We don't sell makeup to be used for blackface, that sort of thing. Uh, was this a reaction to negative uh, comments made by cu- uh, customers in your store? Not specifically. It, it's been kind of a combination of a conversation among staff as we become more educated. And also, I'm, I'm proud to report that the uh, the sale of cultural costumes has really dropped over the last five years. They're just... People don't ask for them as often, and I, I think that's a good thing. So what kind of costumes would have fallen into those categories that, that 20 years ago maybe kids were, were choosing or requesting from their parents? Um, well, so, sort of the same things I said, the costumes of Native American people, costumes of geishas, of um, like sultans and uh, Middle Eastern costumes and uh, blackface makeup could have been a thing too. So what what kinds of costumes do the kids and adults alike, what do they like now? What are people buying? Ah, well, big trends this year with the It movie coming out, uh, clowns, both scary and not. Uh, one interesting one is we used to get a lot of people doing sugar skull makeup, which is appropriating Mexican Day of the Dead. The trend has really switched over the last year or two to go to glam skull makeup, which still combines the traditional skull makeup with beauty makeup like glitter and eyeshadow, but isn't specifically appropriating the floral designs. Uh, it's not going exactly for that, that Mexican look. 
And and in terms of uh, guidelines at Malabar, um, how do you decide, because I'm sure you have all kinds of purveyors trying to sell you their costumes so you can sell them to your customers, mm-hmm. what, what guidelines have you implemented as an organization yourself? Um, well, basically, a, a culture is not a costume is a good one to go with. And we're particularly concerned with appropriating cultures that have been appro- oppressed in the past or especially cultures that continue to be oppressed today. Um, I think the issue is really that we want to put on these these cultures for one night and take them off again while other people have to live with the societal consequences of having that color skin or being from that culture. We put them on and take them off, and we don't need to have any understanding or be invested at all in that culture. Do you think it was overboard on the part of this particular school board, this French language school board in Ontario, which had to send an email home to parents to consider being respectful and sensitive to other cultures and and genders and and transgender people? Uh, I don't know. Um, I get that talking to kids about race and cultural appropriation is difficult, partially because most of us didn't grow up talking about this sort of thing with our parents. But I think that our kids deserve better, and they deserve to live in a better world, and I think this is a step toward that. Uh, It's interesting. We reached out to the Toronto District School Board, uh, the biggest school board in Canada, and uh, spokesperson Ryan Bird said uh, while they are not planning to send out a similar type of letter to parents in the schools of the Toronto District School Board, they have issued a release which is on their website talking about um, discouraging appropriating uh, Native Canadian culture uh, in Halloween costumes. So they, they are making it a, a conversation point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So say this particular release says, while dressing up is meant to be fun and exciting, Halloween offers the opportunity to discuss costume choices with both colleagues and students. A quick internet search or trip to the store reveals infinite possibilities, including Pocahati or tribal temptation, invitations to become a tribal beauty uh, with this woman's tribal Native American costume, etc., etc. So it's just really more of a, a discussion point to why these are not appropriate costumes. Oh, absolutely. And the bottom line is really there are a million and one ways to learn about and honor a culture, and there are a million and one alternate costumes that people can choose for Halloween. We're speaking with Shayla Duvel with Malabar Costumes here in Toronto. And your calls, we'll go to the phones right now, 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Richard in Toronto, hi, what's your opinion about uh, the letter going home to parents, uh, asking parents to be uh, culturally and, and, and gender sensitive around Halloween costumes? Well, thank you very much. Um, I have a lovely 28-year-old daughter, and we had a lot of uh, Halloween visitors over the years at Young and Eglinton. Uh, most children are are fairly responsible and respectful of cultures and 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 different themes. I, I think we're we're going far too much over the top. Uh, these school boards and institutions are in effect, replacing parental guidance. Uh, there's too much of this. It, it, in other words, we had a memo went around and said, call a Christmas tree a holiday tree so as not to offend anyone. Uh, yes, that was, about, that was about 20 years ago, wasn't exactly, it? Exactly, but yeah. the point I'm making is that yeah. we're splitting hairs here. Mm-hmm. Let the parents be the guide and let the stores, the Halloween outlets in Toronto, uh, be responsible by not offering the temptation to buy 
inappropriate costumes in the first place. In other words, don't put them on your rack if it's not responsible. Right, and that's what Shayla is telling us from Malabar. And also, um, we did contact uh, It's My Party on the Danforth, and they say the same thing. They don't have any kinds of costumes, which would be considered offensive to some. It's supposed to be fun. Exactly. um, It's not supposed to be an aggravation. And most children are are fun-loving, and they, they, they share some fun stories, and it's lighthearted. And we're, we're taking some of the fun and the joy out of Halloween. We can't even go around with, uh, what was the uh, cardboard, uh, you know, the, the UNICEF boxes, because we're f- afraid that people will steal them. Uh, it, it's very sad. And I, I think we have to get back to enjoying Halloween rather than legislating uh, over the top from the school boards. Okay, Richard, great call. Thank you for phoning in. Let's go to Sandra in Toronto. What's your opinion on this issue, Sandra? Hi, Jane. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to say I'm really appreciative appreciative of your guest today uh, with the uh, costume shop for yes. not even selling the uh, culturally inappropriate costumes for the children. Oh, thank you very much for that. Oh, you're very welcome. And something that your your just your previous caller mentioned, he said it was just so totally over the top that there are too many uh, guidelines and whatnot. That's what I took the comment to mean. And I'm just wondering whether or not uh, he would say that to the residential school survivors. I mean, they were punished for being Indigenous, whereas mainstream society wants their children to be Indigenous with no punishment. Like, let's let's have a look at that, you know, for just a second and see exactly where mainstream's mind is at. I mean, the opinion is just so far far out there in itself. I mean, if, but I, I certainly can't blame Richard for, for his thought because Canadian curriculum doesn't have the true history of Indigenous people's oppression. I mean, there's not only residential schools. There's also 60s scoop, um, the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. I mean, exactly. the list goes on and on. Right. And that seems to be in the mainstream media these days. But I say kudos to the, young, to the woman uh, with the uh, costume shop. Yeah, and I would like to know, Shayla, I mean, you being in the industry, and thank you, Sandra, for calling, uh, you're in the industry. Is this sort of a widespread sentiment across uh, Halloween shops in Canada? Um, I mean, I think it's kind of hit and miss. We do have Spirit Halloween, which is a like an American pop-up shop here. I believe that they're not selling cultural costumes out of their Toronto location, probably because they would get a bad reaction. But, I mean, the ones outside of Toronto and on their website, you still see it. So, mm. But um, for if I can just add to Richard's um, comment, um, I do think it's important. Like, it's important to talk. To, yes, it should come from the parents, but I think those guidelines are in place. You don't want to have a kid go to school and they wear something inappropriate and it hurts one of their friends and they come home crying and it's because you didn't, their parent didn't have the conversation with them. If we can avoid setting them up for that kind of hurt and that kind of guilt by having a simple conversation, even if it comes from the school, I think it's worth doing. Yes, I think Richard's point, what I garnered from it, is that the parents should know better than to send their children to school in culturally or gender inappropriate costumes. But not all adults have the same wherewithal as as others who are just generally more sensitive. Yeah, and it shouldn't be their children who are punished for that. Okay, let's go to Michael and Pickering. Michael, go ahead. You're up next. Yeah, thank you for the, uh, taking my call. Um, I just came from the mall in Pickering, and uh, the costumes and everything, there's tons of them in there, and they're the same everywhere. And uh, from where I'm sitting and from where I'm, I'm coming from, 
it's just one big money money machine again. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. And, and what I what I would like to suggest, um, as I said to your, your colleague earlier on, I grew up in the UK. I've been here 50 years, but we used to get a dad a pair of pants from dad, and what we would do, we'd get an old shirt, put some straw in it, and go around with a wheelbarrow and ask a penny for the guy because guy folks tried to blow up the houses of parliament in 16-something or whatever. And then we would take the money that we got from knocking on the doors, no costumes, just us little kids, and we would take the money to our church and, and give it, and, and then we would give it to the poor people. These people are going out now, and they're spending fortunes on a costume for one night. Right. You know, it, I, it, it has and become... I, and listen, I'm not an old... I'm not an old i got grandkids, and i got yeah. kids and grandkids, um, but... What they're doing now, it's absolutely out of control. Okay, thanks for your call, Michael. Appreciate hearing your point of view. couple more to go here, and then uh, we are going to discuss Freedom Day, which is happening uh, across Canada. Uh, Lewis in Toronto, go ahead. Hi, how are you? Hi, good, thanks. Good. Okay, when I was a kid, I used to dress up as uh, a hobo or Indian or a cowboy. I mean, that's all there really was, you know what I mean, to more or less. But nowadays, I mean, with all these new people coming around, if my kid wanted to dress up as, let's say, a Punjabi or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they come here the way they are, and it's not like we're making fun of them. Well, some people would say you are making fun of them. Bill in Toronto, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Hi. I've been in my neighborhood for 25 years, raised my kids here, did Halloween. It's a real big deal on our street. It's like a a celebration. Um, There's never been an issue with any kid that's ever gone on this street the way they were dressed uh, you know, the last time I checked, I can find multiple pictures of Mr. Trudeau dressed as a native Canadian with the full uh, head feathers on. So, you know what, if he can do it, why can't my kids do it? And that being said, you know what, I think I'm just going to shut my lights off and close the door. I don't want to take any chance of, you know, offending any any special interest group in, in in the world. So I'll turn my lights out and I'll stay indoors this Halloween. Okay, Bill. Sounds a bit extreme. You're you're avoiding the party one way or another. Let's go to Marsha in Toronto. You're next. Yes, hello. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm a retired school teacher with a local board here in Toronto. And the Education Act says, and I'm putting this in my own words, that educators are substitute parents. And so uh, we have the role that has been mandated legislatively to issue any statements or protocols and put those in place for the safety of the greater good, which is the student body. And so if if the leader of the school, i.e. the principal, feels, or even the director of education for an entire board feels, that such a statement has to be issued, so be it. That right and that responsibility has been uh, mandated to teachers. Okay, that's our final word. Thank you, Marcia. Shayla, I appreciate your time. Uh, I congratulate you for the stance you've taken in uh, refusing to sell culturally inappropriate or gender inappropriate costumes. And I wish you a happy Halloween. You too. Happy Halloween. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.